Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So, well, SEC football. Barrett Salee joins us now. He's on the Branded Moving and Storage Hotline. Barrett, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Wes? Man, fantastic. Acres off, so it is freaking great in here. Just amazing. Yeah, acre-free zone. Do what we want to do, Barrett. <laughs> we do what we want to do. Hey, acre-free zone sounds like a tremendous, tremendous life to live. <laughs> We've taken advantage of it the first hour and a half, so uh, we'll continue to do that. Hey, we uh, we were reading a story. We talked about it. It's the, the swing games, most important swing game for every SEC team. And, and this writer uh, said it was uh, the Florida game. And I was curious to get your thoughts because uh, we started talking about it, and, and Christian pointed out Texas A&M, and I think a lot of people would say that A&M game, but even Ole Miss is a swing game. Mississippi State, when you're coming off that brutal four, you know, basically road games in a row and come back to uh, play Mississippi State, that could be a, a make-or-break game depending on how those four go. What do you see when looking at this Arkansas uh, schedule as the, that swing game that could make or break a season? I think it's Texas A&M because it sort of leads off that tough stretch. And and I think for Arkansas, this is one of those years where not only should Arkansas beat Texas A&M, but dominate Texas A&M because I don't think much of the Aggies right now. So to me, it, it's huge for, for Arkansas to go in, get some momentum at the rivalry game. You know, obviously weird things have happened in that game quite a bit uh, since A&M joined the conference, but – it, it's one that I think can set the tone. And I think for Arkansas, just maybe forget about what happened in the past because we saw the lull Arkansas went through last year. You, that can't happen. Like, that, that just can't happen. So, um, you know, getting some momentum going into the second month of the season, beating a rival, uh, maybe putting a rival in a position where they have a disastrous season, all those things combined uh, really – really helps. And that's going to be a visible game. It's going to be a, a game that I think a lot of people around the nation are going to look at. So uh, for, for Arkansas, that's a chance to, to really make a statement, get in the national conversation, perhaps get KJ in the Heisman conversation, but it's also one that can really put a damper in, in all of those things. So yeah, I would say the A&M game for sure. Did you get a better feel at SEC media days, how the A&M offense is going to work with, with Petrino and Jimbo? No, I got a worse vision of it because, uh, well, I wouldn't say worse. I got an accurate vision of it because I, I always kind of assumed that it was going to be a, a hot mess and a complete disaster and those personalities can't exist together. And I came away from media days recognizing that that's probably the right opinion because Jimbo just flat out could not say that Petrino is going to be the play caller. It's very easy for a coach to lie. Just go in there and say, Bobby's got it. Um, it's also very easy to sit here and say, you know, Bobby's got it, but I'm going to drop in an opinion or two, you know, like every, every head coach does, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's another thing to say, hopefully he calls the good plays because that's a threat. And, and having, having, you know, been around the A&M fan base, the last thing they want is Jimbo calling plays again. They just don't want it. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a disaster, in my opinion, and I came away from SEC Media Days kind of that confirmed in my mind that it's going to be a disaster. And I think a lot of people hopped on board. If they weren't there before, they certainly are there now. 
Yeah, I can see in my head uh, a time last season with Arkansas and Pittman on the sideline looking at, at Bryles saying, run the ball, run the ball, very right. emphatically. So, yeah, the, the head coach, no matter how good your offensive coordinator is, he, he's going to make suggestions, and he's he's the boss. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think there's there's – Certain ways, there are certain ways to operate in, in that regard. Um, you need to have a set plan. And if the plan for A&M is for the coach to step in and, and make suggestions, okay, that's fine. But Jimbo suggested that he'd be more a part of that. And Jimbo suggested that, um, that Bobby would have to cede some power. And that, those things aren't happening. <laughs> like, I just – that, that is not going to end well for the uh, for the end. I want to step out of the SEC real quick. Uh, Luke Fickle, what's going on with that? Well, I think with Luke, you know, I think he's he's in a good spot. Um, you know, you can run the football, obviously, with Braylon. And, and I think with um, that program, he fits exactly what um, – what they what they want to do historically. So I, I don't I don't see any issue there. I think that's a uh, it's a solid solid program and it, they married together very well. So I, I think that they're going to be competitive for sure. What's your take on the whole Pac-12 debacle? Colorado's <laughs> apparently leaving for Big 12, applying for membership today. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of expected. Uh, the Pac-12 was in a position where they could have. Um, really been the aggressor uh, but in the end I think they uh, it was lack of leadership by George Klyovkov and um, you know they, there are four schools that call themselves the four corner schools three of them will be left Utah Arizona and Arizona State um, the Big 12 I think certainly will be in the business of adding one of them if not all of them so I think it's interesting now with the Pac-12 what happens because you're still sitting there with Oregon and Washington and you're not going to get a good TV deal, but it's also going to be a lot easier to get to the playoff for Oregon and Washington or any other team that pops up and has a surprising season. So I think for, for the Pac-12, it, it's a situation where they, they have to make the right move from an expansion standpoint or the best of bad options. And there are still some decent options out there. You know, Boise State's out there. I think the San Diego State thing is, is would be fine. I think I think SMU is is quietly, essentially already made the decision to go to the Pac-12. So there are still some decent teams out there, um, but the lack of leadership from George Klyovkov is, you know, it's at Larry Scott levels right now, and you never want to be mentioned in the same breath as Larry Scott. I yeah, I had heard another team was interested in joining. Why would Oregon and or Washington teams that are you know traditionally the best in the Pac-12 not be interested in going to another conference at this point? Well, I think they would. I think it's it's more about if the Big 12 would want them um, because I think the the general consensus would be that um, that the Big 12 is going to go after Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Um, just to, I wouldn't say maintain a a geographic footprint, but I think it, they feel like those all those programs are in a better spot from a stability standpoint than than maybe Washington. Oregon's a little different, um, but I think to me uh, the Big Twelve still wants to kind of maintain its roots to a degree, and um, I would imagine that Oregon and Washington are knocking on the on everybody's door to try to get um, get invitations somewhere. So 
Um, I think it kind of goes both ways. If the new TV deal, <clears throat> TV deal provides a significant um, bonus for making the college football playoff or making the final four in basketball or whatever, I think those teams, Oregon and Washington, will still sort of be okay because there's, there are going to be two teams from the Pac-12 in the college football playoff, I think almost every single year. So that, that aspect of it would be, uh, would be beneficial to those, those teams. But uh, they will be knocking on doors, that's for sure. Barrett Salee with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Barrett, I think it was yesterday, uh, the, some of the allegations, I guess, against P.J. Fleck came out today at uh, Big Ten Media Days. He's, uh, he's been um, defending his program against what he called baseless allegations. Was that a surprise with Fleck, P.J. Fleck when these things came out to you? Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I think for, for the Minnesota thing, it, it's almost like we want to lump it in with Northwestern. And reading mm-hmm. that story, it's not really anything close to that. You know, it, it's not appropriate, I think, in this day and age. Although I think older, you know, older folks would say, oh, that, that's just how things were done. Um, uh, to me, no, it doesn't surprise me. I think, I think similar things tend to happen at a lot of other schools. Um, I, I think Fleck is probably a little bit more type A, and so because of that, you know, things like this are, are you know, more, I don't know, accepted. But, uh, no, I wasn't too surprised. I had heard that that story was coming out from front office sports about a week ago, and quite honestly, I, I was surprised it, was, um, it, it wasn't bigger. Um, but that's just – maybe that's just the fact that – Northwestern was fresh on my mind and, and somewhat uh, still going on with uh, with big or Big Ten media days happening this week. I should say. Do you think the things that happen at Northwestern are way more prevalent than what we think? I don't think they're more. I think it, they're they happen in other spots for sure. Um, I think what happened at Northwestern was wholly inappropriate, and I but I do think that similar things have occurred elsewhere i i hope that's not i hope i'm wrong because that some of that stuff is just disgusting but uh i would imagine that yeah it's happening in other places and i would imagine i think that the northwestern scandal caused a lot of coaches to look in the mirror and say okay we got to have a little bit more um restraint here but yeah i think it it happens and it shouldn't happen and i think hopefully this will prevent things like that from happening in the future well the big 10 coaches are taking a hit now you got harbaugh and the, uh, is it potential suspension what do you think happens there <laughs> i think the suspension is um is, is going to be solidified or agreed upon by the end of the month I, to me like it goes back to what you know a lot of scandals you know stem from the, the cover-up is worse than the crime right it's not like the level one violation that, that Jim Harbaugh is facing would have called show cause, would have caused vacation of win. It, it wasn't going to be that. So why lie about it? Yeah. You know, I think it's just, it's more a case of Jim Harbaugh not having proper perspective of how to operate in, in that kind of role and in that kind of situation as a college football head coach. Um, that's, that to me is the concerning part is the fact that, I mean, Jim should know better. Any coach should know better. Uh, the cover-up for something like that is not is not worth it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're probably just the, the NCAA is making a statement. 
to say, all right, look, guys, seriously, if something's going on, whether it's big or small, just tell us. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal to tell us mm-hmm. because otherwise we're going to hammer you. And I think that's all there is to it. So many people could use a good PR person, you know, just to give them that simple advice. Well, I've said for years, whether it be corporations or football programs or anything, somebody has to have a vice president of common sense. (laughs) Like, literally, have that person sit in rooms with board members and presidents and CEOs. Don't say a word. Like, literally, in a perfect world, that person would never say a word to anybody ever until they need to. To be like, look, bro, like, just let's let's not talk. Let's not do this hammering thing here. Let's Let's just be honest. We'll be fine. You want that job? No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that job should pay well, a lot. It depends on how much. Like it, it would be a vice president level job. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on how much money they give me, I guess. I mean, you may not, like you said, you may not say anything all year, but the one time you say something could save them millions and millions of dollars plus just embarrassment. It, it should be yeah. a very high-profile job that pays a lot. It should. It should. And – I don't know how that doesn't exist now. Like, I, I honestly don't know how that doesn't exist at every level of every company organization. Bear, thanks. We may have reached right, some very important person today and created a new job.